the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Gary Wagner, to begin today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Who represents you before God? It is either Adam or it is Christ. Praise God by grace through faith that you trust in the saving power of Jesus Christ and He is now your representative. All people are not basically good, only Christians are. And it is, be, it is not because they, are, they do a better job than most people in straightening out their lives. It is because Christ has done a work in their life. Has He done that work in your life? If I were to come to you and simply say, we need to operate on you without giving you the reason why, you would probably turn us down. In fact, you'd probably run to the nearest exit. But if I were to come to you and say, you have a cancer that if we don't take it out of you immediately, you will die, well, you'd be the first one on the operating table, wouldn't you? Well, the same is true with salvation. Many would say, here, you need Jesus because it'll improve your life. They fail to tell you that the sin that is in you is what is killing you. And unless Christ redeems you, you'll die in that sin. And that's what the reality of sin is all about in our series here on Abounding Grace. Join us. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. If you are here today and your life has not been transformed by God's grace, you are born dead, you are born sinful, and you are born under God's condemnation. And if you live and die under that condemnation, you will perish throughout all eternity. But there's a positive side to this parallel, and that is the heart of what I want to get to. But you know, in order to appreciate the positive side, we must first understand the negative side. You've got to understand the depth of your need before you will fully appreciate the greatness and the glory of Christ's love for sinners. So we have inherited from our great-granddaddy Adam death, a sinful nature, and God's condemnation. Now, the question is, how does a believer's relationship with Jesus Christ as his representative affect him today? How does Christ save us from the sin and all of the consequences that we have inherited from Adam. The Lord Jesus Christ came to undo everything Adam did. As one person said, when man, in the image of God, failed, God, in the image of man, came to his rescue. You know, the glory of the gospel is that God could have allowed us to remain in our dead, sinful, condemned condition and still have been a loving, kind, gracious God, and we would be in hell. But our great God has, on the other hand, 
decided in mercy and in grace and in love and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves and didn't deserve to have done for us, and that is to save us from all those things we inherited from Adam. Now notice in our text, the great point here about Christ is that because of our closeness now with him and our union with him, his obedience is our salvation. The way we are saved from sin and all of its consequences and saved from death is by the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ and not our own. If we had tried to obey God sufficiently to overcome all the consequences of Adam's sin, we would have never been able to do it because how much obeying can a dead man do? Now, I already established that we inherited death from our great-granddaddy. And how in the world could a dead man have obeyed God sufficiently in order to make himself come alive? The Bible says we have a sinful nature. And how much true obeying can a sinful nature perform? And how much sincere obeying can a man under condemnation do? You see, if we were saved by our own obedience, all of us would be lost. But the Lord Jesus Christ came to obey God perfectly and fully and totally. And by obeying God for us, we are saved. Because our salvation is based on Christ's obedience. Look at a couple of places in our text. Verses 18 and 19. So then as through one man's transgression... There resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification to the life of all men. For as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even through obedience of the one man, <coughs> Jesus Christ, the many will be made righteous. So the reason we are saved is not because we obeyed God enough to get Him to look upon us with favor, but the reason God looks on us, any of us, with favor, and the reason any of us are Christians, is because Christ obeyed God sufficiently to get God to look upon us, wretched sinners who believe in Him, with favor. You see, when you look at your relation with God on this basis, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, you can take credit for except your own sin. If we have salvation, if Christ has stopped the effects of sin in our lives, it is because he obeyed God sufficiently to earn God's favor for us, who could never earn it in a billion years, and who do not deserve it. And notice specifically the three things that the Lord Jesus Christ's obedience won for all of those whom he represents. First of all, he secured the abundance of God's grace for us instead of condemnation. Remember from Adam, we received condemnation. But now, because of Christ, we get the abundance of God's favor. Turn again in the fifth chapter of Romans, the 15th verse. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. Verse 17. 
For if by the transaction of one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Through the abundance of grace now, those who receive Christ as their Lord and Savior know they have Him as their representative, and that condemnation that once fell upon them because of their sin has been transferred to the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross in their place. And now, having been set free from that condemnation, they stand under God's grace, the abundance of God's grace and God's favor and God's acceptance. So that Romans 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation of any kind whatsoever for those who are in Christ. If you're in Adam, you're condemned. If you're in Christ by faith, you deserve to be condemned. But the Lord Jesus Christ took that condemnation in your place. And now we are under full and abundant and acceptance, abundant acceptance and favor and grace of Almighty God. Notice the second specific thing we we receive as a result of Christ's obedience. He secured righteousness for us instead of the unrighteousness and sin that we inherited from Adam. Look at verse 16. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression, resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from transgressions, resulting in justification. And justification means to declare someone righteous, to declare them forgiven, acquitted. Verse 17. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Verse 18. So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. To justify is to declare righteous, to declare acquitted. That which every sinner needs in order to be accepted with a righteous God is righteousness. Listen, that is as good as God's righteousness. That's the requirement that God gave at the beginning of the human race, and he has never rescinded it. He told Adam, and he was our representative, in order for anyone to get to me, to know me, to be accepted with me as my child. You have to offer me and give me a life of pure righteousness that is just as holy as mine. And any sinner in his right mind knows that that is beyond him. If we are conceived as sinners, we are beaten before we start. If we are born sinners, we are beaten before we start our lives. God tells us, nevertheless, it still remains true that you must give a 100% perfect life or you will not be accepted by me, he says. We say, well, wait a minute. We're we're the great-grandchildren of Adam, and we get from Adam, well, all we get from Adam is condemnation. All we get from Adam is a sinful nature and unrighteousness. And we can't produce this righteousness. And God says, I know. I've been waiting for you to admit that. That is why I sent my son Jesus into the world. And the Lord Jesus Christ lived and died a perfect life. 
And if you want to be my son or my daughter, just offer me Jesus' life and death in your place. (coughs) Say to me by faith, God, you require of me 100% perfect life that I cannot give. So I offer to you Jesus' perfect life and righteousness in my place. Father God, you said I have to be punished for my sins. And that would take me an eternity to pay. So, Lord, I offer to you the death of Jesus in my place. That is what faith is. Faith doesn't receive the death of Christ. Faith receives Christ. Faith rests upon Christ. Faith believes if Jesus Christ had not obeyed God for me, I would be lost because I know I can't obey him enough. And that's what righteousness is. When a person receives Christ as his Lord and Savior, he is cut free from the tyranny and dominion and the depravity of that old sinful heart that colored and corrupted every single thing he did. And he receives Christ. And he receives Christ because God has given him a new heart that now loves him and wants to obey him. And when he receives Christ, that righteousness which God requires but which man cannot produce, God gives him graciously in the Lord Jesus Christ. And on the basis of that righteousness of Christ, that man, that believer, that woman, that young boy or girl is accepted with God throughout all eternity for one reason. Adam no longer represents him. And therefore, he no longer gets what Adam deserved. Now Christ represents him, and he gets what Christ deserves. And there is another thing that our passage says specifically that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to all whom he represents, and that is life in the place of death. Verse 17 again. For in the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Through the one Jesus Christ. Verse 18. So then as through one transaction there resulted condemnation to all men. Even though through the one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all all men. Verse 21. That as sin reigned. Past tense. That as sin reigned. It's now over. Even in death. Even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through our inheritance with Adam, we received death. We are born dead. But because of our new relationship with Jesus, that death is taken away and we are given life. That life which we could never have produced. The Lord Jesus Christ gives to us. It is not mere existence here any longer. It is a life worthy of the name of Christ that lasts forever. That's filled with personal life-consuming knowledge of God. When Christ becomes our representative, we get from Him life in the place of death. Without Christ, we are born dead. We are born sinful. We are born under condemnation. With Christ, the condemnation is removed, and we get the abundance of God's favor. We are given righteousness, and on the basis of that righteousness of Christ, imputed to us, we are given forgiveness, 
we are accepted with God. And we who were once dead have been made alive. And there's one last thing that I'll mention today that this passage says Christ gives us as a result of, our being, of him being our representative. And that is we have the privilege of living under the reign of grace. Verse 21. And beloved, this is one of those verses that we should want to read over and over. It's something that we should savor like a delicious, expensive steak. It says that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is what you get when you have Jesus Christ as your representative. If you're here today and you are not a Christian, you are living under the reign of sin and death. That's all you get forever. But when by God's grace you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, you get to live under the reign of grace. You get to live in that sphere where grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, beloved, I could give you probably at least eight to ten sermons from this in and of itself. So let me just point out two benefits quickly of living under the reign of grace. And remember, only those who have Jesus as their representatives get this. Only those who have Jesus as their representative have the privilege of enjoying these two blessings under the reign of grace. And first of all, you receive daily, being under the reign of grace, a constant, perpetual, never-ending forgiveness of all of your sins. Now, there are some of you here that have lived long enough to commit a lot of sins in your lifetime. Those of you who are almost as old as me, some of you as old, maybe a couple a little older, you have got a lot of time, or you have had a lot of time to commit a lot of sins. And some of you are a lot younger. And yet you are well on your way to beating out some of us older people. And in our honest moments, we look back on our sins that we have committed in our lives, and it embarrasses us, and it shames us. And we hope everyone really has forgotten, and that no one will ever bring them up, and we try to forget as well. Some have a hard time forgiving themselves. So maybe they might turn to a bottle of whiskey to find forgiveness. Or maybe they might turn to a needle to find forgiveness. Or maybe they might enter into illicit sexual relationships to find forgiveness. Or maybe some of us will go to psychiatrists to get forgiveness from them. And it just eats at us. And we can't find forgiveness anywhere. But then you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then you hear Jesus say to you, Every single day of your life, if you confess your sins and you keep on confessing your sins, I am faithful and just to keep on forgiving your sins and to keep on cleansing you from all your unrighteousness. I will remember your sins against you no more, no matter how hideous and how gross they are. Under the grain of grace, you get daily forgiveness for every single one of your sins. And then there's a second grace, great blessing of living under the reign of grace. 
The first is all of your sins are forgiven under God's grace. And the second is you are daily under the power of God's grace. The reign of grace gives a man or a woman or a young person the power to resist sin in his life and to keep from sinning so much. And then when he does sin, he knows his sins are paid for in Christ. And he is willing to say, if anyone says he has no sin, he deceives himself. He is a liar and the truth is not in him. But if we do sin, we know we have a constant source of forgiveness of our sins that is rooted in Christ's perfect death on our behalf. And knowing when he does commit sin, he can be forgiven. He also knows that under the reign of grace, he has the power to live righteously. He has the power to say no to temptation when he needs to. And he has the power to want to live righteously. He never had that in his death. And that's why I said at the beginning of the sermon, I sure wish I could say everyone is basically good. But I cannot. Only Christians are basically good. And it is because of Christ and not because of anything in us. Everyone else outside of Christ is totally depraved. And if you are not totally depraved here today, it is because you have the undeserved privilege of living under the reign of Christ's grace. But if you're here today without Christ, Maybe you thought you were a Christian. Maybe you thought being a church member was adequate. And trust me, there are a lot of church members who are not Christians. Maybe you thought because you hadn't committed any great big sins you were a Christian. And I tell you, absolutely not. If you have never repented of your sins, rested upon Christ alone for salvation and surrendered your life to Him, you still have Adam as your representative, and you will spend an eternity of torment in hell. You must repent. You must receive Christ, and you must surrender your life to Him. And then, He becomes your representative. And everything bad Adam did to you, and you did to yourself, Jesus Christ makes right. That condemnation you were born with, Jesus' grace replaces it with abundance of grace of God. And instead of that depraved, corrupt human nature, Christ gives you righteousness. And instead of spiritual death, Christ gives you life, real life, abundantly. How could anyone in their right mind turn down such an offer? Why would anyone turn down a Savior and Lord like Jesus Christ? The alternative is death. So do you know what the summary of all of this is? Calvin said it so beautifully. Christ is much more powerful to save than Adam was to destroy. And where sin abounds... Grace abounds all the more. And you say, Pastor, if you only knew the sins I've committed, you wouldn't waste your breath on me. I've sinned my way past being saved. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Who represents you before God? 
It is either Adam or it is Christ. Praise God by grace through faith that you trust in the saving power of Jesus Christ and He is now your representative. All people are not basically good. Only Christians are. And it is, be, it is not because they, are, they do a better job than most people in straightening out their lives. It is because Christ has done a work in their life. Has He done that work in your life? Choose Christ that you may live. Amen. And that is Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. As we close out our time today, I'd leave you with our address, phone number, and our website. We'd love to hear from you. It always means a great deal to us when we hear somebody who has been listening to the program and being encouraged by it. It makes a big deal for us. 408-866-5607 is that phone number. Again, call us, 408-866-5607. Or visit our website and leave us an email, reformedheritage.org. That's reformedheritage.org. We also have past messages available, uh, an extensive library of audio that you can tap into at any time for free. Right there at our website, again, reformedheritage.org. Other resource materials are available from that website as well. If you'd rather write to us, the address is Abounding Grace, PMB 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That is here in Los Gatos. The zip code is 95032. Normally, we'd invite you to join us for worship, but since we have been suspended because of the COVID-19 crisis, we invite you to visit our website instead and pick out a couple of recent messages that Pastor Gary has delivered here at Reformed Heritage Church. Again, reformedheritage.org. We'll also give you updates at that website as to when we return to normal worship. And you're always welcome to call us as well for that kind of information, 408-866-5607. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Music.